Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, author of People Buy You, and this is the Selling in a Crisis Daily Sales Briefing. Each day until this crisis is over, I'll be focusing on the topics that we're all worried about in this unprecedented time. How do I engage prospects the right way? How do I advance and close the opportunities in my pipeline? How do I find new markets? How do I protect my accounts? How do I keep my job? How do I maintain a positive mindset? And what do I need to do right now to come out on the other side of this crisis better than I am today? We're back for the daily sales briefing, selling in a crisis. And our topic today is emotional control. There's absolutely no doubt that most of us, after being cooped up in our homes, uh, working from home, dealing with this crisis and everything that is hitting us, at this point in time, there's a lot of tension. And you may be feeling in your paycheck, you may have lost your job, uh, your your customers and prospects are saying no, you're getting objection after objection after objection, and you may have some deals in the can that you're working on. The one thing that you can count on, though, is that in every sales conversation, it is the human being that exerts the greatest amount of emotional control that has the highest probability of getting the outcome that they desire. And right now, emotional control is where the highest performers in sales live. They're managing their disruptive emotions of fear, of worry, of doubt, of insecurity. They're managing their, their desire to push people to make decisions, and they're focusing on managing the sales process. I understand exactly how it feels to be under such pressure because I run a business too. And not unlike you, we have seen a lot of the opportunities in our pipeline either stall, come to a crashing halt, uh, and a lot of our inbound leads are gone. I mean, things are, are definitely not normal. And in a situation like this where you're trying to make sales, it's easy to push. But when you push people, they move away from you. There's something called the universal law of need. And the universal law of need simply says this, the more that you need to make the deal, the more likely you will give more to get the deal. And the more likely you need the deal, the less likely it is that you will get the deal because you push people away with your desperation. So right now, right now, the number one thing that you can do is practice emotional control in the form of relaxed, assertive confidence. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm saying this is what you have to do because why? Because in, in every sales conversation, especially during a crisis, the human being that exerts the greatest emotional control has the highest probability of getting the outcome that they desire. And one more thing to keep in mind, what we know to be true is that the person that you are working with, their emotional experience of going through the process with you is a more consistent predictor of outcome of any other variable. And if their emotional experience with you is pushy, worry, insecurity, it's, it's, it's your own fear being transferred to them, then, then they're not going to like you that much. They're not going to have a great uh, experience with you, and they're going to move on to someplace else, someone else who's making them feel better. So here's a couple of tips for getting control of your emotions. One, turn off the news. Stop watching it. Stop looking at it. Turn off social media. Stop looking at it. Stop watching at it. I can tell you this morning that I've watched the news and I've been on social media and, and I walked away from both of those experiences and my heart's just beating a little bit faster. And I know better than to do that, but I got caught myself in a moment of weakness and jumped into that first thing in the morning. And so stop doing that. The second thing you need to do is stop playing all these worry and, and, you know, and, and worst case scenarios in your head. You cannot change anything. What you can do is focus on right now. 
What you also want to do is make sure that you are getting enough sleep, that you are eating healthy, which is really difficult to do in these circumstances because it's easy to lose your discipline, and that you're working out. Because I can tell you the one thing that I have found uh, that has done more for me than anything else in making control, getting control of my emotions is having a regular workout routine. Now, I've got a little tiny itty-bitty space. and I'm going to the gym. I'm working out in a little tiny space, but even that little tiny space is helping me with you know my energy, helping me uh, keep a positive thought, uh, and helping me uh, rise above the disruptive emotions that get in the way of us doing better deals. That is the daily sales briefing. We have a couple of questions. Trey, what we got? Victor Garcia asks, uh, what's the best way to follow up with clients and not too pushy when you're trying to make a sale? So Victor, that's a great question. And you know the, the thing about following up and not being too pushy when you're trying to make a, a sale, especially in this particular environment, uh, is I think important because we wanna be sensitive to that. If you push people too hard, they get overwhelmed and they just go away. So there's a couple of, of pieces of advice I'll give you. One, when you get people on the phone or you get them on a video call and you're in the sales process, always make sure that you're asking for and getting the next step. That way you don't have to follow up and chase people down. So if you're getting the next step and you're moving the deal forward, you don't have any follow-up issues. If, however, you're calling people in your pipeline who may have stalled, one of the things that you wanna do is is recognize whether or not, or just think about whether or not this is the right time for them to buy, because it might not be. Where they were back at the beginning of March and where they are at at the middle of April, not the same places. So if you're in that in that situation, maybe pushing isn't the right thing. Maybe nurturing is a better thing. So maybe when you follow up, what you're trying to do is stay top of mind. And maybe you're trying to win mind share by providing some additional insight, providing different, just additional information, calling and asking how they're doing, uh, but not calling them so that they think that every time you call, you're asking for something. Because if you do, they're going to start running from you and stop taking your calls because they're not going to feel very good about that. So I think what you need to do is think about the human being that you're calling. You want to be nuanced. You don't want to back off completely and not call anybody. You need to follow up. But just think about how are you following up in this particular moment. I wouldn't give you this advice in any other time, but in this particular moment that reduces the pressure on your prospect to make a decision while increasing their willingness to have a conversation with you so that you don't lose touch. Uh, What we got over here, Jeb? Uh, On the Sale Query website from Bill, he asks, do you prefer prospecting emails targeted to one contact or multiple? Sometimes I do not know exactly who the decision maker is. So Bill, great question. You should send one-to-one prospecting emails to one person at a time, and here's why. If you send a prospecting email to multiple people inside of a company, there's a very high likelihood that you're gonna get caught by their spam filter or you may get blacklisted because they're gonna see one email coming from someone outside the organization going to multiple people and those people don't know you, so you're not in the system. So my suggestion is, that you go to one person at a time and then go to another person, go to another person. Don't do it all at one time. Spread that sequence out over time so that you don't end up getting your email blacklisted. And that will be a better way of pursuing that. I hope that makes sense. Trey, what do we got? Okay, Realtor uh, Myrna Harrison is asking, uh, she deals a lot with their real estate clients and she's wondering, when is it okay for her to start selling real estate again? Well, it's okay to start selling real estate right now. So um, what's your name? Uh, Mirna Harrison. Mirna, so so it's okay to start selling 
everything you got right now. Now, it doesn't mean people are buying, but it's okay to start selling. It's okay to start, you know, start uh, getting out there and finding people who might want to list their home. And there, in some places, there may be people who want to move out of their neighborhoods now because they realize that they don't want to live there anymore. But you need to be there for them. Again, you need to, t- t- you know, approach people the right way. You shouldn't be pushy or driven. You need to be sensitive to their situation. But right now, I'd be looking at every every uh, listing that is falling off contract. I'd be after that. I'd be looking at any FISBOs because if you're trying to sell your house by, by owner, you're going to have a whole lot hard time doing that right now. You should be thinking about how you can deal and work with people virtually. And by the way, I'm seeing homes getting close because I'm on social media and I see that realtors are posting pictures of their buyers who have just moved into their new homes. Now, some of those, those deals started before the crisis started and they're just closing right now, but I would not stop working your, your, your accounts. I would not start working your neighborhood. I wouldn't stop, you know, stop working your referral base. Call the people that you know, work your circle of influence, keep working, don't stop. Because the thing is, is that you may be making, you know, relationships or or connections right now that are going to pay off for you two, three months down the road when all of this starts to get back to normal. So don't stop selling. Got another question for me. Uh, Yes, Albert Bernard uh, Contreras is asking, is the world of face-to-face handshakes uh, meetings over? in the new world of sales? Oh, was the world of face-to-face handshakes uh, and meetings over. So what's the, what's the name? Albert Bernard. Albert. So Albert, this is a great question. I'm writing a book right now called uh, Virtual Selling. And I've spent this weekend working on a chapter of the book uh, specifically about is face-to-face going away. The answer is absolutely not. Now, I don't know about handshakes. We may not hand, shake hands anymore. Uh, and I prefer a, a fist bump anyway to a handshake. So that's good for me. Uh, but face-to-face is absolutely not going to go away. And the reason why it's not going to go away is because it is the most effective form of human communication and human beings crave being with other human beings. So there's no chance that, at least in our lifetime, that pure face-to-face selling is going to go away. What I do think is going to happen is, and, and this is you know, partially virtual, virtual selling, is that virtual selling will become more blended into the sales process. And, and what that means is that instead of going on your initial call in person, you may, you may do your initial call over video and then do discovery in person and then do a, some other discovery via phone or via video and then do your final presentation in person. So there's going to be face-to-face selling. It's going to, there's going to happen because it's just, it's just natural for us to do that. And what's going to happen is we're going to begin blending and augmenting it and supplementing it with other types of selling uh, calls and, and, and channels and communication channels. So in the short term, I definitely think, you know, let's just move into, say, September, August, November. I think people are going to be a lot more reticent to meet in groups or sit down with you. But certainly, uh, I'm, you know, if, if you were a salesperson even today and you wore gloves and a mask and you wanted to meet with me, I'd sit out in my parking lot and have a conversation with you six feet apart. And in fact, I, some of my clients, that's exactly how they're meeting with their customers is they're going to their locations. They're all walking out in the parking lot and they're having sales conversations sitting car to car. So, and the reason is because we as human beings still want to spend time together. We have one more question. Uh, yes, Beverly Parkin Weber. Wishing you well. Thank you, Beverly. I appreciate that. Is that it? 
All right, that's all the questions we have for today. Thank you for joining me for the Selling in the Crisis daily briefing. And tomorrow I'm going to be in a different place uh, with a with without my crew here, so it's going to be a little bit more jumpy. But join me every afternoon at noon Eastern time for the Selling in the Crisis daily sales briefing. Thousands of sales professionals and companies from around the globe have already enrolled in our master online course called Selling in a Crisis. Through 44 studio quality videos and lessons, you'll learn exactly what you need to do right now to outsell this crisis. Check it out for yourself or your entire team at crisis.salesgravy.com. That's crisis.salesgravy.com. And you can save 50% with this podcast-only coupon, Crisis50. That's Crisis50.